0: talking about spiritual warfare and um hmm, okay Um, sometimes sometimes you have to just stop and listen what Holy Spirit wants to say Uh, (laughs) uh, we've been talking about spiritual warfare over the last several weeks and we've got this week and possibly next week uh, that I want to cover in this um but let's go ahead to the same scripture. We've been reading the same scriptures to start out with uh, for the past, what are we on? Like week seven now of talking about this. Um, so let's first off go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10 verses three through five. Excuse me, I'm chomping up. While you're all turning there, that's was loud, wasn't it? <laughs> um, let me tell you a miracle. You ready? I woke up this morning and couldn't talk. Had no voice at all. I was, you, you all have heard that out of me before. And I texted Perry about six o'clock this morning. I said, I te- texted Ted last night and said, "Pray." I texted Perry, said we may be switching whole new songs. The reason why I want to tell you this is today you're going to have to understand the importance of the word. So we're going to bed last night as many of you know, Dee and I graduated from uh, Rhema Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we were blessed enough to, to, to attend there while uh, Brother Hagan was still alive and teaching. So going to bed last night, Wendy, I brought up YouTube and I put on as many, I just created, had a playlist of as many sermons that Brother Hagan had preached on healing as I could. And I put it on play and I went to sleep to that constant having that word hearing that in my spirit because you know your spirit doesn't sleep your flesh sleeps your spirit doesn't your spirit is in constant communication with God and so I put that on and I, I listened to that word all night long I got up at six wasn't much better actually I got up at four Went into the living room and tried to sing because I didn't want to wake Dee up. So I go into the living room and tried to sing. Couldn't do it. Gargle a little bit of salt water. Went back to bed. And I went back to bed, Dave. This was my words. I said, Father, you're worthy of my voice. Your praise is worthy of my voice. Your word that I'm going to minister is worthy of my voice. I want my voice. So I turned Brother Hagin back on and went back to sleep. I got up at 7.30 or 7, drank a cup of tea, and all of a sudden my voice starts coming back to the point today I was able to sing. But you know why it happened? It's because you've got to understand the Word you got to understand how powerful God's Word is in your life. Amen. I'm getting so far ahead of myself here. Go ahead and skip to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Finally, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor Of God so that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual wickedness in high places therefore take to yourselves the whole armor of God that you may may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand what's he tell you to do stand Therefore, therefore, stand, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You see, when I went to bed last night, I decided we were going to fight for some things. And folks, you can't fight if every, everything in this armor has been about the defense, has been about when the enemy comes at you, and when the enemy is coming at you, and the enemy's doing everything he can, and it's about wrapping your mindset and having our mindset right. But last night, I didn't need, I needed to go on the offense. Jeff, you can't score if you don't play offense. If you're constantly defending. (laughs) And so that was my purpose in putting on message because I knew I needed to hear the word all night long. Whether I was awake for it or not. I would wake up and hear worship music. I'd wake up and hear all this stuff. And so I thought about that. That's what happened last night is I actually would decided to take the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God and apply it in my hand. Now, when we see that word sword, we get this idea and, and, and because of all the paintings and all the prophetic stuff, you've got this big giant. two. That's not really what kind of sword he's talking about there. sword like that, I can hold Rachel off at about three and a half, well, with my arms, about six feet. But the kind of sword he's talking about there is actually what is called a, and I'm going to butcher this, a Macaria. And it's actually, it's a sword that's about six to 18 inches long is as big as it is. The sword of the, of the Spirit, the Word of God, is not meant for you to when the enemy comes afar off. It's meant for close quarter fighting. It's meant when you're down and dirty and it's gotten ugly and it's gotten mucky and, you, and the enemy is, is beginning to take it. and you can feel his breath on your neck. That's what this sword is for. Uh, the, actually, Thayer says it's, it's, a, it's really just a large knife used for killing animals and cutting up flesh. Or it can be a small sword, which is, you know, kind of distinctive from that. It's used for close quarter combat. It's like, like I said, six to 18 inches long. So when God says, take, take is something you have to physically do. Well, I just don't need the word. I don't read the Bible, who can understand that? Then you're not prepared for battle. As much as you think that you can fight until this is in your hand and in your mind and in your spirit and you can wield it in times of trouble, you aren't ready to fight. You can put on all the other armor of God and get beat on for a while, but you have nothing to fight back with. Well, you know, I got our author so-and-so and preacher so-and-so and he wrote this book and she wrote this book and there's nothing wrong with those. But you know how they got those books? The Word of God. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't indeed. Mm. Yeah. Take. You have to physically take the Word and put it in you. Yeah. Amen. If you ever want to survive... If you ever wanna survive in a close quarter battle, the word has to be in you. If the word's not in you, you're not, if the word's not in you, you're not put on the whole armor of God. He says, put on, now, now see, this, this message isn't real popular, Glenn, because everybody wants to tell you that word's outdated. That word's not good for today. Nobody really lives by that Word. Folks, it, it's vital to our existence Amen. to live by that Word. Amen. Now, he says, take to you the sword of the Spirit. So it's a sword, which is the Word of God. Amen. Now, most of you probably thinking, you know, he's going to go to the Scripture where it says that the Word of the Lord is... Sharper than any two, except that's a whole different word than this word here. There's two, there's two words in the Greek language that it's, that refers to as the word of God. One word is logos, which means the entirety of scripture. That's why Jesus says, that's why John said about Jesus, in the beginning was the word, the logos, the entirety of scripture personified in the person, Jesus So in the beginning was the logos, the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what that is, that means the entirety of Scripture, all of it that is spoken and that is written down. But the Word here, when he's talking about the sword of the Spirit, is rhema. It means not just the spoken Word. See, like I said, the Bible college I went to was called rhema means the spoken word, but it means so much more. The word rhema, uh, give me that definition up there, Bobby. It means that which is spoken, it is a declaration, a command, a mandate. That's a weapon. The word of God is something that is declared. It's something that is spoken. It's something that comes out of your mouth, but it comes from the logos. Our problem is, is most people never want to take the logos, the whole word. And so when this battle comes, they have no rhema to draw from. So they don't read the whole Bible. And so when God gets ready to move them through one of the toughest battles of their life, they don't have a now word. Because they have nothing to draw from. Amen. Mm. He said that, he says that which is spoken, it's a statement. This is from the complete word dictionary. He says it is that which is spoken, a statement, a word, particularly a word uttered by a living voice, a command. Meaning upon everything which God decrees. It's the Word of God, it is His omnipotent decree. See, what happens is, is, we're in close quarter combat and, and the enemy's coming at us like a flood and we're getting hit on every side and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden there comes a voice from the inside and it's a scripture. I, I can't quote scripture. Nobody asks you to quote scripture right. But if I need to stab something, I'm going to stab it whether I hold the dagger right or not. <laughs> Amen. So when the enemy comes in and all of a sudden you remember, come on, you remember some minister, some preacher, somebody somewhere said a scripture one time and all of a sudden you don't even know, you weren't thinking about this scripture. You didn't know this scripture was even in you and you ain't even sure you're saying it right. But all of a sudden it comes up out of you and all of a sudden that becomes a word that changes your entirety. That is a rhema word. Amen. Mm. Rama is always a now word. It's something that God gives you at the moment. Whew. How many of you remember? I told you our daughter was a preemie. You'll have to ask D how many weeks early she remembers. I don't. <laughs> D was was battered. So they were transferring her from one hospital to the next. She heard the nurses at the door talking. This woman will never make it to Charleston. All of a sudden, and I'm sitting in the room with the D. D is quoting scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. Different ones, just letting scripture... Come, and come, and come, and come. What happened? She had met Logos. She had met the Word. And now, he was giving her rhema. And all of this rhema did, it kept her alive yeah. for three days. She just kept quoting Scripture, and kept quoting Scripture, and kept quoting Scripture. She said, that's the only thing she could think to do to, so that she wouldn't die. Yeah. We got her transferred to another hospital. During that time, two days... At one point she coded, complete flatline. They knew that I was a respiratory therapist, so they threw me the Ambu bag and I'm sitting here bagging my wife. But all of a sudden, there she comes. You know why she came? Because it was a word. There you go. It was, I will live and not die. It was this, everything she kept speaking for two days before this, Bob. She just kept pouring it out and pouring it out. And when the enemy came in and it seemed like he was gonna overwhelm her, even death himself could not overtake the word of God that was in her. (laughs) Vine's expository dictionary says of of Rama as this. Here the reference is not to the whole Bible as such because that means, that's the logos. But to the individual scripture, (laughs) but for the individual scripture which the Spirit brings to our remembrance for use in time of need. That's what rhema is. It's individual scripture. That's the sword of the spirit. It's a scripture that comes to your mind in time of need. It is a prerequisite prerequisite of it being the regular storing of the mind with scripture. If you don't regularly store your mind with scripture... And you find yourself in close quarter combat. And you go to grab. What's going to come out? <laughs> so, you, so what does it mean to take, go to Revelation chapter one. Everybody, everybody gets scared about when you say Revelation. You know why? Because we've tried to make it about the end times. I want to find out what happens at the end. So I want to read Revelation. You need to read the first couple verses in Revelation where John says, this is the revelation of Jesus. You're trying to look for the end time. You should be looking for Jesus. That book was written to reveal Jesus. It wasn't about writing about the end time. Oh, come here. I'll take some of the fear out of the end time for you. Quit looking at Revelation, trying to find it. It's revealing Jesus. What's what's it say? Is it verse one? Revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's how it starts out. Revelation chapter one, verse sixteen. Look at Jesus. How Jesus appears here, and He had in His right hand seven stars, and out of His mouth went a two-edged sword, and take to you the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword that you're going to use to overcome the enemy, it's going to have to come from right here. Some of you are trying to beat the enemy by complaining at him. And until you learn, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you you have to remember and quote it word for word and all this stuff, but I'm telling you, if you don't have nothing coming out of your mouth, he said, and Jesus had a sharp, Two edged sword, and his appearance was like the sun. Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 8. See, for you to take the word of the Lord, of the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord, you're going to have to take it with your mouth. You're going to have to speak the word of the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verse eight, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you. That's the word rhema again. The word, the same word as the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the Lord. The word is near you, how close? It's in your mouth and in your heart. Well, I just don't see the need for going around quoting a bunch of scripture and listening to a bunch of scripture and all that stuff. That's why you're having trouble overcoming whatever it is you're overcoming in your life. Oh, this is so unpopular. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. This is the word of faith, the rhema of faith, That word that comes in an instant, that scripture that just just came out, what's it do? It brings faith. It's the word of faith that we preach. Folks, until you get this in you, and again, I'm not saying you study this thing and you have every scripture memorized and everything, but you have to have a diet of this. If you don't have, well, yeah, but I, I'll bring it back. Yeah, but I'm going to talk to Jesus. He is the Word. Well, the Word also says, take the Word. (laughs) The rhema, the Scripture, that one that you can draw out, that comes out of your mouth, and out of your mouth comes a two-edged sword. Out of your mouth comes a Scripture that gives you faith. Out of your mouth comes a Word from God that causes you to stand, may cause even death to run. He said, what does it say? He says, the word is near thee. It's in your heart, and it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Luke chapter 8. Oh goodness. Folks, I'm telling you, we as believers have gotten way, way, way too far away from the scriptures. it's vital matter of fact he calls it your sword how you fight the enemy Luke chapter 6 I said verse I said 8 but I'm flip over two pages Luke 6 verse 45 it's the same with people a person full of goodness in his heart produces good things a person with an evil reservoir in his heart pours out evil things and I love how the voice puts it here King James says for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks Amen. I love how the voice puts it He says for the heart overflows the wor- in, wor- in the words a person speaks your words reveal what's in your heart so let's ask you this question when the enemy comes in you find yourself in one of the biggest battles of your life you're scared to death maybe you're scared of death and the enemy is telling you all this stuff what words are coming out of your mouth cause that's what's in your heart oh no oh, I don't know if this is going to work or not oh oh the sky's falling, the sky's falling. <laughs> it's gloom, it's doom. I don't like to be around folks like that. Dave, I usually exit real quick when I hear kids over here griping and complaining, and I'm like, Yeah, I get it, uh-huh. Sure. The word is nigh thee, Romans eight. The word is nigh thee in your heart and in your mouth here Jesus says whatever's in your heart has to come out your mouth Amen. you can find out how you really believe by just simply listening what words are you speaking is it, is it, when, when hard times come and these difficult times come in your life is it scripture that's coming out of your mouth verses of victory well I don't know any Take the logos, read the whole thing, and start picking out some rhema. Amen. Those things that just are revealing you that, oh, I can, I can stand on that word. Right. Yeah. On. When all else fails, I can stand on the word of God. Amen. Mm. He said, the heart overflows in words. So, what is continually pouring out of your mouth? is what you believe Amen. if all of a sudden you find yourself living in more praise and living in more victory and you're, you're about half quoting scripture but you're getting the important part right you know what that's saying that's saying it's in you, there you go. we've gotten too hung up say the, it's not a formula say the exact words yeah. just say the word Amen. use the word the problem with most people why they're always facing such difficult times is because the words that are coming out of their mouth is what they're trying to fight with. They're trying to fight the enemy with the wrong words. And the only word that you and I should be fighting with, the only words that should be coming out of our mouth, when, when, when the enemy comes, is that scripture, I'll stand on this. Amen. Dee quoted every scripture she could think of not to die. She's still living. <laughs> when we're under attack folks it's what's gonna it, 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 we need a Raymond word, we need a now word we need something that, that, that God says I'll do it now remember when the centurion came to Jesus and he, and he told him he said I've got a serpent that's sick back at the house and he said would you this is what happens to him and Jesus looks at him and he feels not sorry for him, but he agrees to go, and Jesus looks at him and says, I'll go to your house. I'll go to your house, and I'll heal your servant. Go to, go to uh, Matthew 8 verse 8. Matthew 8 verse 8 says, the centurion answered, I am not worthy Lord I am not worthy that you should come under my roof but speak the word only speak the word only and my servant will be healed see he understood that Jesus' presence didn't even have to be where the sickness was oh Only his word. Amen. Well, I don't feel the presence of God. It doesn't change the power of that word one bit. That's right. Again, in the middle of the night, sometime last night, Darren, I, I heard Brother Hagan tell a story. Uh, and Deke woke up this morning and caught it. She sat on the edge of the bed for two hours and just listened. About a time when he was ministering and, and, and healing to people. And he felt he was done. He had nothing else to give. And this woman comes up to him in a wheelchair. Says, hey, I came X amount of miles. I want to be healed. He says, I ain't got nothing left. So he sets a Bible in her lap. And says, turn over to Peter. So she turns to Peter. And they read the scripture where Peter is referencing Isaiah. Isaiah says, but the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Peter looking back at the cross of Calvary doesn't quote it the same. Peter looking back at that and says, by whose stripes we were healed. There you go. Amen. There you go. So Brother Hagin looks at her and he says, what does that scripture say? By whose stripes we were healed. Well, what does that mean? We were. She said, okay, if you were, what are you? She said, I am. That's right. That's good. A rhema word. A scripture that just came out had nothing to do with the power of the presence in the in the person at the moment he just laid the word on her lap and she read it for herself it became a sword that fought disease and she got out of a wheelchair this is what is available to you every day How dare us not look at it? How dare us not read it? How dare us not treasure it? It is there. It is a thing that Jesus himself said, get to know this thing. It's what you fight with. Mm. Now, we're lucky. It's not the only thing we fight with. But it's the word of God. It's, it's, It's what backs it up. It's a weapon. The enemy. This will get me in trouble. The enemy is not going to respond to you yelling, screaming, and crying at him. He responds to a person who knows how to use their sword. Amen. <laughs> yeah. You can yell and you can scream. You can do all that. But what he's looking for. Why do you think he said he, that Paul wrote to Timothy and said, study to show yourself approved. What is that, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15? Okay. Study to show yourself approved, a workman who needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Come on. There's instructions in the Bible, says to study it. Learn how to use it. Rame of word, folks, it's going to come. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. I want to read it out of the Amplified Classic there. It says, By faith we understand the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, and put into order and equipped. For their intended purpose by the rhema of God. That word there is rhema. That instant word from God. When God decided that the universe, it was time for the universe, he stepped out onto the edge of nothing and spoke a word that is so powerful in one instant that universes were created at just the sound of a word coming out of his mouth. That same creative power is in you and you hold the key to it every day. It's there, just pick it up because when you begin to speak a word in faith, that rhema word comes into play and it will be your weapon to defend you against the enemy at all turns. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. And every time we see in Genesis chapter one, and God said, and there was, and God said, and there was, and God said, and there was, what is he doing? He's speaking rhema words into creation itself and watching them form. And then he told Adam to go and do the same thing. And Adam left a legacy of millions upon millions upon millions upon billions to do the same thing. But nobody's ever told us we could. You don't realize that the words you speak have the same creative force. So what are you speaking over your life? What's the words that come out of your mouth when you're in a hard time, difficult time? I read, I read a, a, an example this week. I wish I could remember who it was. I don't remember or I'd give them credit. But they was talking about their pastor told a story of a lady who was looking to have her leg amputated. And this was back in the days. Anybody ever had the book or a book on healing scriptures? Where if you're going through this look at this scripture if you're going through this look at this scripture you know there's all these scriptures about healing in the word of god and she was looking at having her foot amputated and she come across a scripture that had nothing to do with healing but it was a rhema word it was a word that struck that faith in her and i, I don't even remember what it was other than that i can tell you what it said it said he will not suffer her foot to be moved And so she decided that was her rhema word. That was the word she would, see, it doesn't have to say, okay, I'm looking for finances. Folks, it doesn't have to say your money. But if there's a word that hits you and you think, oh my gosh, yes. That's your rhema word. Stand on it. It see, she didn't have nothing to do with healing. I'll not suffer her foot. To, she said, "That's my word. I will live and not die." They won't take my foot because he will not suffer her foot to be moved. And it became the very thing that kept her foot attached to her leg. Amen. You have the same thing available. Amen. The, It's not just for certain people. You all have it. It's either in your phone, on your tablet, on paper. But our problem is, is we never pick it up. And so we go around crying and whining, gloom, despair, and agony on me. That's what comes out of our mouth. Deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Sound familiar? You're trying to fight with something that's never going to win when you got the word. Psalms 107. I go to this scripture a lot. When well, I'm looking for healing. Psalms 107 verse 19. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. Now look at verse 20. And he sent his word and healed them. Amen. He sent, what did he send to heal? The word. Well, we know Jesus is the word, but the logos told us to take a rhema the whole scripture personified said take the scripture individually so they cried unto the Lord in their distresses and he heard them he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction oh folks we want to talk about spiritual warfare but we don't want to pick up the very sword he told us to use. Amen. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart. Well, we're not under the law. (laughs) This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. What? In other words, you keep the word of God in your mouth. Hey, let me give you a good hint. You ready? When you read it, read it out loud. There you go. Let your ears hear the words. Amen. Science, science. You ready, science? Science says you retain only so much of what you read. Only so much of what you hear, but when you combine what you see and what you hear, there you what does it jump up to? may remember? Anyhow, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it does. So read out loud. He said, let this book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Now I'm not talking, oh. <laughs> that word meditate, it means to murmur in soft speech while in continual contemplation of a teaching. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Why? Because you should be muttering the word. You should be going around under your breath. Scripture, 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 scripture. Well, that's just bondage. No, not when God said to take it. Amen. (laughs) Meditate means to softly mutter something in continual contemplation. How often? Day and night. So that you may be able, so that you may be carefully to do according to all that's written in it. Now look what he says, when I do this, when I mutter this word, I'm constantly using this word. He said, for then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have what? Good success then you'll make your way prosperous and have success. From what? From the Word of God. Mm. I just don't believe I need this. I don't need Scripture. But yet he says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So obviously he thought you needed to take it. And Let me ask you this. Are you any better than Jesus? Now I know Christ has made us equals. The word says we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. You wouldn't know that without the word, would you? The word says that we're seated together in heavenly places with him. But you wouldn't know that without the word. So you're obviously not opposed to the word. But for you to say, I don't need it, that's old. That's not in part of the new revelation. Have we somehow outgrown Christ? Matthew chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led into the wilderness by the spirit. For some of you that are going through hard things and you don't think God didn't take you there. If he took Jesus to a dry place, guess what? He might just lead you to one too. Oh, that's not popular at all. (laughs) Then Jesus was led... Okay. They think it's been off for a while. So if you're just now catching up, welcome back. <laughs> so the enemy comes to find Jesus when he's at his weakest, and the first thing he does is he questions his identity. He says, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be turned into bread. All right, it's simple. What's Jesus do? And he answered, it is written. Jesus did not try to fight Satan in his own power. He didn't try to fight Satan in his ability. He didn't try to fight Satan in his deity. Where he decided he was going to overcome the enemy was by telling him what a rhema sword was all about. He said, it is written. Well, what if the enemy comes to you and starts talking about things in your life that you're weak in? Can you say, it's written? I don't need the word. All that Bible stuff. Jesus did it. He used it. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into a holy city and he set him on the highest point of the temple and said to him, "If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written." Hey, that tells you what. The devil even knows how to use the scripture. He says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall lift you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, it is also written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. What's Jesus doing? He's using the Word. The sword of the Spirit. God would never ask you and I to take on something and begin to use it if he wasn't willing to do it himself. Jesus himself. Yeah. Who? And again, so this is just to let you know the enemy's not going to give up easy on you. He, all he wants to do is convince you that your identity is not right. So he takes him again and he took him on a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their grandeur. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, get away from here, Satan. Get thee behind me, if you want the King James Version. For it is written, every time the enemy came to Jesus, Jesus did not try to fight him in his own personal power, his own deity, or his own glory. He fought him with the word. How dare I think that I don't need the word. And you shall, he says, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Verse 11, then the devil left him and immediately angels came and ministered to him. The enemy didn't leave him until the word was out of him and it came out of his mouth some of you need to get used to using whatever you're going through find a rhema word find a word that means that's for you right now and you need to start saying that word out loud you need to start speaking that word out loud ted came to me a few months ago and he's told this story here so i'm not telling anything that he doesn't know hasn't said and he said, we're going through something. And he, he, he texted me that morning and said, will you be in your office? I said, yeah. He said, we're going through something. We're facing some things. I, I need a word from God. That was these exact words. I need a word. What did he need? He needed a rhema. He needed a sword right then. He needed a sword right then. So we decided to pray together. And the Lord sparked a scripture in me. Isaiah... 30 something. But that word became a sword in his hand. It became Rama, a word for now. And so he tells us what he got, went home and he's got this board and he went home and he wrote that scripture on it so that every day he could look at that scripture, let that scripture out of his mouth, and stand on that Rama word. Had nothing to do with my prayer. Had nothing to do with my anointing. But the Lord used me to put a sword in His hand. A word. A rhema. Folks, I'm telling you, it's vital. If you want to really put on the whole armor of God, then you're going to have to take the word. And that word there, the sword of the Lord, that word is not the logos, not the whole word, not just Jesus but it's a now word that comes. It's something for you to stand on. But you say, this scripture alone, I will stand. And I'm telling you folks, you have the most powerful weapon available to you. And I want you to remind you, just like with Jesus, this weapon, this word, this sword of the Lord, it's not for extending your arms out. It's for close quarters, ugly, bloody battles. But what's going to get you through it will be the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is a sword to me. Your word is is a sword in my hand, Father. And we overcome the enemy, by that sword and so father i pray that today that you renew and spark in all of us a desire for your word a hunger for your word so that in times of bloody battle we can reach way down inside and begin to pull it out and speak out of our mouth the victory that you've already prepared for us i thank you for it in jesus name Amen.